the election uh, is November 3rd, and it's been said that we won't know the results until days later. When do you think we'll know the results? All right. Jimmy, you raise an important point, and I hope the American people understand it, because this is something I worry about. My view is every vote must be counted. For reasons which I don't have the time to get into tonight, you're going to have a situation, I suspect, in states like Pennsylvania, um, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, other states, where they are going to be receiving huge amounts of mail-in ballots. And unlike states like Florida or Vermont, they're not being able, for bad reasons, to begin processing those ballots until, I don't know, election day or maybe when the polls close. That means you're going to have states dealing with perhaps millions of mail-in ballots. Here is my worry. What polls show and what studies have shown is that for whatever reason, Democrats are more likely to use mail-in ballots. Republicans are more likely to walk into polling booths on election day. It is likely that the first votes that will be counted will be those people who came in on election day, which will be Republican. And here is the fear, and I hope everybody hears that. It could well be, and you know, I don't know what's going to happen, nobody does, but it could well be that at 10 o'clock on election night, Trump is winning in Michigan, he's winning in Pennsylvania, he's winning in Wisconsin, and he gets on the television, he says, thank you, Americans, for re-electing me. It's all over. Have a good day. But then the next day and the day following, all of those mail-in ballots start getting counted, and it turns out that Biden has won those states. At which point Trump says, see, I told you the whole thing was fraudulent. I told you those mail-in ballots were crooked. And I got, you know, we're not going to leave office. So that is a worry that I and and a lot of people have. So the results, you know, we don't know what's happened. Maybe the results will be on election day, but... Do you think elections are safe and free from manipulation? In the 2016 general election, having to correct a ballot happened about one time per 100 ballots voted. In 2018, it doubled. Two times per 100 ballots voted. But why in 2020, in Maricopa County, Arizona, did it jump to one ballot out of just 10 ballots cast? The 2020 general election in Maricopa County, Arizona, shot to an astounding 20 to 24 times the historical average for ballot modifications. What is ballot modification? In 2020, it meant either a human or for the first time in history, artificial intelligence by a computer modified your ballot. One ballot out of every 10 ballots cast versus one ballot out of every 100 ballots cast. Shocking, we know, but why? See for yourself. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, pioneer of full forensic audits, mounted the rally cry for audit all 50 states less than two weeks after the 2020 election. Now you can see firsthand what he was warning the world about. Our elections are broken for the first time in American history. A full forensic audit, as innovated by Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, was conducted. And now you, the American voter, get to see what has been hidden from you all these decades. Use this Q code or the URL on your screen to download for free the world's first complete data visualization project of how every single batch of ballots was handled in Maricopa County, Arizona. 99.36% of all ballot batches were modified. 
But why? Over 10,000 easy-to-understand charts condensed into a power-packed 2,400-image package. Instant download. 235,367 individual ballots changed by either man or machine after they were voted? You want answers. You demand election transparency. Now, see the truth for yourself. Download this historic data visualization project absolutely free. Scan the Q code on your screen or go to the URL below. Open your eyes. Download this historic report now. Donald J. Trump said, when is Attorney General Mark Brnovich of Arizona going to rule on all of the election fraud? We already know there is zero legal chain of custody and over 700,000 Dropbox ballots. This means they should have never been counted. But not only did they count them, they certified them. Maricopa County election officials have already illegally deleted hundreds of thousands of election-related files. What else are they hiding? Every single precinct activated old, inactive voters to the tune of at least 6% average per precinct. The worst precincts? Well, they managed to magically find an extra 10, 12, even 14% of reactivated voters in a race declared certified by a mere 10,500 voters. 179,418 inactive and supposedly disinterested voters reactivated for 2020 alone? Yeah, right. A voter who votes is the most precious of all voters on the voter rolls, right? So why did Maricopa County, beginning the day after the election, remove 23,108 voters who had just voted? That's two times the margin of the win. What are they hiding? 2,697 of those supposed newly reactivated voters cannot be found on any other county databases. You get the picture. Virtually every single voting precinct in Maricopa County increased their voter roll purge by 200% after the election. Some precincts increased their voter roll scrubs by 500, 600, 700, 900, 1,000 percent, and even up to 1,700 percent. But that's not the worst. The most scrubbed after the election precinct scrubbed their voter rolls at an astounding rate of an increase of 4,066 percent. Now see for yourself just how bad the Maricopa election maladministration is. Use the Q code on your screen and download three interviews interlocking data visualization reports which show exactly what Maricopa County is hiding. Download these free reports now and see the out-of-control election maladministration. Use this Q code or the URL on your screen. What madness is going on in Maricopa County, Arizona? 2,089,563 ballots were cast in 2020, yet Maricopa only turned over 1,911,918 ballots envelope signature images for Shiva analysis. Each envelope represents one ballot cast. That means 177,645 ballots are missing. Where are they? Maricopa said they forgot to load or misplaced 165,844 election day ballot images. There are still 11,801 ballots missing in an election, which was only won by a mere 10,500 votes. Really? Now see for yourself just how bad the Maricopa election maladministration is. Jovan Hudden Pulitzer, pioneer of full forensic audits, now releases his third historic data visualization project. Part three in a series of 20 exposes this massive maladministration in Maricopa even further. 
Now you can see firsthand what he was warning the world about. Massive 14th Amendment and civil rights violation occurred in Maricopa County, Arizona. Download the early vote rejection report and compare it to the Shiva signature report and see the out-of-control election maladministration madness in Maricopa. Use this Q code or the URL on your screen to download for free the third data visualization project released in this expose series. Thousands upon thousands of voters in Maricopa were treated different under an arbitrary set of double standards regarding election rules and decisions. For example, 34,448 votes with a very unique problem. These votes were cast by 17,126 voters. They voted twice. That's a crime. How about this maladministration? Massive rejection of early votes for no or questionable signatures. Yet, at the end of the election, Maricopa approved thousands of votes with no signature at all. Double standards equal massive 14th Amendment violations. You want answers. You demand election transparency. Now see the truth for yourself. Download this historic data visualization project absolutely free. Scan the Q code on your screen or go to the URL below. Open your eyes. Download this historic report now. Hey folks, how's it going? Jovan Hutton Pulitzer here. Thank you for joining me this evening. Hey, by the way, if you've never joined my broadcast, let me explain what's going on. You're about to participate in my radio program, but you get to see behind the scenes as we do it. And that's because I have a face that's made for viewing on a radio. And uh, we got to tune in. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about some great stuff going on. By the way, I am doing a special program right after this one following immediately on locals for the subscribers i want to let you know when i look around and do this i'm looking at all the different studio monitors making sure everything's going out right radio feed etc if you want your questions if you have some for sheriff mac who's my guest tonight and you want to have where he can see your comments on the screen jump into facebook linkedin twitch and we can see you on the screen. Uh, you can also view this on Twitter. You can view it on Rumble. You can view it on Telegram. And you can view it on Gitter as well. Okay? So do me a favor. We need you to uh, weaponize this. That only takes one finger. You need to push share. You want to make sure that you share this program. You want to make sure that you click subscribe. Remember, you need to be on every platform because all the time we're getting banned, we're getting bumped. And tonight's going to be kind of an oh my God when you start hearing information about who really has the power to do this. Sheriff Mack says that it's the sheriffs that can save our country. You just heard if you were watching President Trump live, he mentioned sheriffs wake up. Well, this is the man that's waking up America 
teaching the sheriffs how to do it and how to do it right. Get ready, folks. Share this as we get started with the program. Here we go. Cut the crap. How many times a day do you want to say that to politicians, the elite, the loony liberals, the fake news media, and the gender-confused, emotional socialist snowflake crowd? Cut the crap is your secret weapon for fighting for our freedoms and our great republic. It all begins with a massive mental enema, freeing you from the toxic news and politically correct views, which constipate your consciousness with stinking thinking. Your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. He's known for calling out politicians and telling them to cut the crap. You've seen him on virtually every television network and listened to him on Coast to Coast Radio. And now he's here to help you learn to fight for America. Culture, race, and American politics, they all have one thing in common. They all need to cut the crap. Now, here's your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. Welcome, folks, to Cut the Crap. Now, I know that's a weird name for a program, crap. Who's going to call their program crap? Well, CRAP is an acronym that stands for culture, race, and American politics, or American politicians, or culture, race, and American pedophiles. All the stuff that are ruining our society, making you know that it's quickly headed to hell in a handbasket. There is many people out there that are fighting this uh, teeth to toenails to get this to change. One man is out there. You... Cut the crap. How many times a day do you want to say that to politicians? Literally out there changing America. He is literally making sure that citizens and uh, sheriffs, etc. know everything they need to know about how to battle this. Now, I want to give you a website. Get started. You might want to write this down. We'll do it right here at the top of the program. You can learn more by going to CSPOA, right? CSPOA.org, which is Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Okay. And so you've been hearing about him. I know he has social media groups. You're going to want to definitely uh, support him. Sheriff Mack, you're the man. Thank you for joining the program tonight. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, actually, I don't do a lot on uh, social media, but we're all over the Internet. And, right. And I still actually have some uh, videos that have survived uh, YouTube. Oh, you're, well, then you're one, you're one of the lucky ones if they still have you out there and haven't you banned you, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I know people talk about you. Some of the people we're talking about, they have groups out there on the net that follow your work. Uh, I know many people have mentioned it. Uh, let's start from here. Before we get into the association you did, let's just get people a little personal background on you. Where are you from? How did you get into becoming a sheriff? And you're kind of evolutionary. Let's just kind of get to know who you are. Well, that's really a good question because it was quite the miracle that I ever got elected sheriff in the first place. Um I was a cop up in Utah for 11 years. I was a de- detective, undercover narcotics. Uh, I learned a lot, uh, but undercover narcotics actually taught me that the drug war was a, a big farce. You should say to the drug war, cut the crap. 
There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, that's what I learned undercover. Um, it's useless. It uh, gets us nowhere and it's provided no benefit to society. Uh, other than that, the drug war is great. Uh, <laughs> and we're the ones that created the cartels with our uh, idiotic notions that somehow prohibition didn't work in the, in, in the twenties and thirties, but somehow it's going to work now. You know, no, ridiculous, re absolutely ridiculous, the whole thing. So that's what I was learning. And I was kind of a free thinker. Uh, and uh, I started studying the Constitution and the oath of office back when I was a rookie cop because I didn't see anybody following the rules in government. Nobody follows the Constitution. Wow. I didn't see it anywhere. And I just started asking a few questions. Why don't we ever study the Constitution? We promised in sacred oath that we would uphold and defend the Constitution. If you don't study it and know what it is, that oath will be impossible to keep. And Absolutely. we have perjured ourselves. We, we've li become liars. Uh, so anyway, I'm from Safford, Arizona. That's Southeast Arizona. The county is Graham. And uh, by crazy miracle, I just left uh, Provo Police, moved home to Arizona, and ran for sheriff even crazier because I hadn't lived there for 12 years and I've never been a cop there, never worked in law enforcement anywhere in the state of Arizona. Walked back into town after 12 years and said, make me your, your Cleo, your chief law enforcement officer, your sheriff. And we worked real hard. I mean, we worked really hard and I won. And then I got reelected in 92. And frequently my wife and I would just say, why such a miracle? What, Nothing's happened. Why do you need to be here? Why why did we need to do this? And then in 1993, we started to figure it out. Uh, we saw Bill Clinton signing with 13 pens. I still don't know why he was, oh, he was left-handed. He signed with 13 pens the Brady Bill into pretend legislation, into supposed law. And then on January 21st, 1994, Three agents of the federal government came to a sheriff's association meeting in Phoenix, and they handed us a document, a 25-page document that detailed our marching orders as sheriffs as to how we had to comply and enforce the Brady Bill for the federal government under threat of arrest if we failed to comply. That is, it's all documented. I'm not making that up. This is the first time in history where the federal government commandeered the office of sheriff nationwide and said, you're going to do what we tell you uh, or we'll arrest you. And every sheriff in the country should have just sent a letter back to Washington and said, we're not doing this. If you think you're going to come and arrest us, come on ahead. Right. And, and so I, uh, I, I was the only sheriff in the entire United States at that time that launched a major lawsuit against the Clinton administration, against the federal government. And then about four or five weeks later, a sheriff from Montana, Jay Prince, joined me in this fight. And ultimately, seven sheriffs did this lawsuit. And one, one from Arizona, one from Texas, one from Louisiana, one from Mississippi, one from Vermont, one from Wyoming, and one from Montana. And uh, like I said, I'm very proud to say that I started this whole thing. Uh, and in, as a matter of fact, 
uh, I actually wrote this little booklet, um, and I've written uh, eight other books, but this is probably the most powerful because this is a highlighted version of my Supreme Court case. Can we find that like on Amazon and, and... Uh, mostly just on my website, cspoa.org. Okay. okay. Uh, because there's 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 no money in this for Amazon because it, right. it, it there you can get like two for five bucks. So they're two fifty each or whatever they are. Right. But there there's no money, so there's no reason to put them there. Uh, I, I do have on Amazon my book called The County Sheriff, America's Last Hope. Very powerful book. And my lawsuit victory. And here's another, I mean, I've already told you miracles that I, that I even ran, that I moved, that I went to the Supreme Court. And we won at the United States Supreme Court. This is the only time in history where uh, a hand, where sheriffs or a sheriff or a handful of sheriffs sued the federal government, took it all the way to the Supreme Court, and we won. And the real miracle is, is that we live to tell about it. Uh, I was going to say, uh, Bill Clinton, was, and Clinton was the name, and you're not Hillary, so you actually made it here. So in that win, what was the uh, outcome that you were able to claim by that win? Well, first of all, there are several historical things with that, too. This is the most powerful 10th Amendment decision in the history of America. And you read this and you'll go, wow, look what the Supreme Court said. Well, it was written by Justice Scalia, and th this is such an amazing... It, it says, in fact, I'll, I'll just quote this to you. Please do, please do. We have held, however, that state legislatures are not subject to federal direction. Well, don't you wish your states knew that? Absolutely. And, and this clearly states that the federal government is not our boss. Then on page nine, he, he, Scalia actually quotes... The Federalist Paper, Federalist Number 51, and he says, hence, a double security arises to the rights of the people. Can you see how important he thinks that our rights are being protected? Absolutely. Well, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you love to convince today's politicians uh, all across the country, especially in Washington, D.C., that their job is actually to protect our rights and to make sure that a double security arises to the rights of the people. Now get this next line. Quote, the different governments will control each other. Now, so when when I tell when I tell sheriffs or counties or cities or state legislatures or governors that it's actually our job to defend people from being victimized and prevent people from being victimized by the federal government or by the state government, or by local government. It, it's our job to make sure that we keep the other branches in their proper lane, and that we let them know, if you come into our counties and violate the rights of the people, if you violate the Bill of Rights in any way, then we will take action against you. And that is proper. It's lawful. Oh, oh Mac is anti-government. He wants to start a war with the government. No, I do not. Not at all. I want them to leave us alone. I want them to respect what Martin Luther King put in uh, to effect in the 50s and 60s. I want them to respect and protect all civil rights of all people all the time. And this whole thing about, well, if it's an emergency, 
if there's a crisis or a pandemic, then we can do anything to you that we want. And we'll make your health choices for you, not you. That is what I object to. That is balderdash. It's trash. It's crap. And any politician who has come out with that saying that we can do that, including the stupids on the United States Supreme Court, who have uh, two or three. Uh, well, they just the stupids just got stupider. Their IQ level went down with a new appointment. But OK, well, <laughs> uh, I agree totally. Um, and and this is this is just a, the scariest thing is that we all think that the Supreme Court is the final say on liberty and what and what's constitutional. The truth of the matter is the states have as much say in that as the Supreme Court does. And the individual who swears the oath is the one who enforces the Constitution. I, I When I take my oath, when, or when anybody, when any peace officer or sheriff or politician or president swears an oath that they will uphold and defend uh, and preserve the U.S. Constitution, do they say, uh, as long as my sergeant says I can, as long as my sheriff says I can, as long right. as the chief of police says I can, or how about this one? As long as the United States Supreme Court says I can, then I'll do it. I've had sheriffs say, uh, I'll do anything I want until the Supreme Court tells me I can't do it. It's that kind of uh, poor leadership that is actually destroying America, that we don't think we have to follow the Constitution until somebody else tells us not uh, to correct that. And, and that's really where we're wrong. Every, every chief of police, every sheriff, every patrol officer, every detective, every dog catcher has an obligation to put the principles of liberty first in the execution of our jobs. And if I see that, let's say the state of Arizona would pass a gun control law where sheriffs or police are to confiscate all say the ones that Biden doesn't want on the streets. It's, he's, right. he's already told us he'll come and get uh, AK-47s and AR-15s. If they try to do that, or if Arizona tries to do that, I would be obligated under my oath of office and the law, the supreme law of the land, the Second Amendment, and most state constitutions as well, I would have to oppose that, stop it, and make sure it didn't happen. I would have to stand in the way, interposition, interpose my power to protect my citizens from being victimized by other government. That's our job. That's absolutely where you have tremendous power. Folks, we're going to go to our break real quick. I'm going to pull up where you can see the first book on their website at CSPOA.org. You're going to want to share this, folks. Uh, people need to hear this. We're going to get into it. We're going to find out why Sheriff Mack set this up, what he's been doing across the country, and hope get some answers of how do we all figure this out. Hang tight, folks. We'll be right back right after this. See, I told you learning how to tell the world to cut the crap would make you feel great. There's more to come. Jovan will be right back. The morning after the 3 November 2020 presidential election, Americans woke up to the stark reality that our great nation was under a new type of attack. This attack didn't come with mortars or bullets, but was an assault on our sacred election process. Since then, Americans everywhere have had to ask themselves if they really believe that our election was true and fair. 
We are in a time of large-scale government corruption, and many have lost faith in our institutions. That's why we formed the America Project for you and for the nation. The America Project was formed by a group of fellow patriots who are building the most pro-freedom and pro-American network ever known. The America Project will connect you with organizations, churches, small businesses, and individuals to help you win for America. The America Project is about actions and results. Join our team today. God bless you and God bless America. I guarantee you, you will absolutely be the smartest patriot in the room. It's absolutely a government triangulation. They are literally putting Mike Lindell in the crosshairs to be the one to take the fall for this information. If you don't know this information, how can you change what's going on? Exactly what they're going to do. They're going to do everything they can to ban this 100% about making sure you don't get the truthful information. If you don't know this information, how can you change what's going on? Folks, I have one job, and my job is for you, and that is to make you the smartest patriot in the room. There were 242 operatives just in Georgia alone. And what they did is they loaded every one of these drop boxes. Here's where they got the ballot. Lost family. You've lost friends over all of this because they said you're a conspiracy theorist. Now you have the facts and the information to educate them and to open their eyes to what's really happening. Back. Now let's continue to fight back and take back our country by learning how to tell the politically correct to cut the crap. Welcome, folks, back to Cut the Crap. Of course, crap stands for culture, race, and American politics. And that's when our society seems to go wrong, when everything's about cultural race and American politicians get in. Why crap? Because this is the time you just want to grab them by the lapel and say, cut the crap. It's when your back's against the wall that you want to call them out for doing this stuff. I want to, I talked when we were talking to Sheriff Mack, I said I would put up the website. Here's where the website is. You can learn more, get great information. You can go to CSPOA.org. Tremendous products. The books, uh, he talked about that Supreme Court case for state sovereignty. There it is. You can order it. You need to go to the website, check it out during the broadcast. Uh, at least just make sure that you, um, should we say, save the information there. And so, uh, Sheriff, let's go back to this. Tell us about... Wait, uh, let me let me finish that the, your first question. Please do. What this resulted in is the best and most powerful 10th Amendment decision in the history of our country. But it also uh, got rid of Brady Bill's two, three, four, and five. And starting with one, we gutted number one. We right. stopped where they said they could commandeer us and force us to do federal bidding. And, and they came out and said what I said before, I don't work for them. They can't tell me what to do. The federal government has no jurisdiction over your sheriffs. And so that was, that was what we really won on. Uh, and then Scalia said one other thing in the decision, but the constitution protects us from our own best intentions. That is vital to this whole thing. 
uh, that we understand that good intentions do not make anything constitutional, nor do they give legislative authority to anyone. So the other the other part of this, though, is that it stopped uh, four other Brady bills that were going to completely gut the Second Amendment. They were going to stop gun shows. They were going to regulate ammunition. I remember that. Regulate ammunition out of existence. And by the time the fifth one had passed in the fifth year, it would stop. Brady Bill 2 was a, uh, was uh, proposed and submitted by uh, Howard Metzenbaum on just two weeks after I filed. Uh, in fact, March 14th, 1994. Because ours was still in litigation, uh, they didn't let it out of committee. And then when we won, Brady Bills 2, 3, 4, and 5 never came up again. This is so historic that seven sheriffs did more to save the Second Amendment than any Congress or any state legislative body has in the last 80, 100 years. So I find that really remarkable, very historical. And this is, again, what sheriffs are supposed to be doing all the time. Even if even if somebody passes a, a quote, law, which the right. founders called pretended legislation, we must oppose anything that violates the principles detailed in the Constitution, especially the Bill of Rights. And we have an obligation to do just that. And so I'm I'm really, uh, again, proud of this lawsuit and and what it did for America is just most people have never heard of it. That's why every American home should have that book in it. Every person should have this in their pocket. It's a pocket size uh, booklet. And, and so please understand, folks, that this decision is only worthwhile and it only goes as far as people will uh, spread the news about it and, and public officials will enforce it. So I've had sheriffs say, well, I have to do what the Supreme Court says. Okay, get busy. Enforce this decision. The Constitution protects us from our own best intentions if we have sheriffs with the guts to enforce it. That's the issue is I think we're finding out that sheriffs don't have guts. Real quick, how, how long ago did you uh, form your constitutional sheriffs? How, how long ago the, was that formed? CSPOA was formed in 2011, maybe just right before 2011. So we've been around about 11, 12 years. And you're also doing training sessions. I know you have an online course, right? Uh, yes. Let me see if I can share that. Uh, tell us uh, about the online course. Who who would be, uh, I guess, really anyone. It could be sheriff or police or anyone interested in Citizens especially. learning this. Everybody should take that course. And I'll tell you why. You're the sheriff's only boss. You must know what the sheriff's supposed to be doing. Right. You must know what he's supposed to know. And it'll help you uh, also know your own rights. And so there's two things there. Every citizen must know their own rights or how are you going to know if they're being violated? Every citizen should know that the sheriff and peace officer in your neighborhood should also know what your rights are or how are they going to know how to protect your rights if they don't know what they are. So education is key to all of this. That six-hour course on our website is worth its weight in gold. I, I totally recommend it for every everybody here. There's other good uh, classes on this on the Constitution, uh, but this one uh, is taught by me, uh, and of course, it's the best one I've ever seen. Uh, 
Uh, but, so let me let me ask you a question here. It's obvious in our education system across the United States of America uh-huh. that we have gone through an institutionalized intentional dumbing down, uh, not teaching civics, not teaching history. Well, you're just talking about from, our you're just talking about our public school system now. Just our public school system. <laughs> and so my question is, has this also happened in our policing agencies? Right, it, so. it, are they just not? And are they just intentionally leaving out uh, key things because they just don't want law enforcement to know? I'm afraid so. Uh, it's never happened. I've been to three different uh, academies. I've been to the FBI National Academy. I've been to the Utah Academy. And I've been to the Arizona Academy. Uh, anytime they talk about constitutional law, the only thing they refer to is case law, which there right. is no such. there's no such thing as case law. Courts do not make law. Uh, They can rule on a particular uh, situation and they can establish precedent, but those precedent is not law because I guarantee you uh, when, when you go to some big court case or you try to sue the federal government or the state government, both sides will bring up huge lists of case law to back their point uh, of, you know, again, case precedent, I should say, because there is no courts, cannot make law. The president, the executive branch, cannot make law. Both of those now believe that they can in complete contradiction to the first line of the Constitution after the preamble. So all legislative powers are vested in a Congress. All legislative powers belong to the legislative body, and and that's Congress, period, end of story. And so you cannot have a president setting aside law or making law. It's not his prerogative. I know some people have questions. I saw it pop up in chat. And by the way, folks, if you if you want to watch the chat going on, you can watch on Facebook, uh, Twitch, Twitter, oh. Telegram, Rumble, Gitter, etc. Ask questions. One of the questions, Sheriff, that came up is, and of course, you know, we're fighting this in the Arizona audit. All the work we do is they haven't turned over the routers and the spunk logs and they've hidden it, quote unquote, saying they share the routers with the sheriffs as opposed to having their own. Has Have you ever heard of that before? No. And uh, Sheriff uh, Bozo uh, in Maricopa County now, one of the worst sheriffs in the country, Penzone. Right. Uh, Sheriff Penzone. Uh, he has... Uh, He's been a hitman for them, and he has protected them in their subterfuge and their dishonesty. And it just doesn't look like it's going to go anywhere. I mean, uh, if you have a sheriff of Nottingham in your county, uh, you know, where evil uh, reigns, uh, the people mourn. And that's what's going on in Maricopa County and all throughout Arizona and in uh, this vote fraud deal. It's, It's really embarrassing to see this happen and let the people know that, uh, blatantly notifying everybody that the sheriff just isn't going to uh, obey the law and he's going to follow the Democrat agenda and uh, take orders from the Democrats. And I don't know if, if he's taking order from local Democrats or George Soros or who, but uh, Sheriff Penzone, you need to cut the crap. Absolutely. I mean, the sheriff could actually enforce some of these things or uh, do their own investigations and stop this. Let's just talk for a moment about election fraud, Uh, not just voter fraud. They usually push it off to one person Mm -hmm. vote their dead mother's ballot. That is not what's going on in in Maricopa. It is bona fide election fraud. What power would a sheriff have 
uh, over something like that for us to get down to the truth and uh, maybe get some of these perps in cuffs? What what can they enforce? Well, first of all, he should be uh, conducting his own investigation, whether it's a parallel investigation or his own. Uh, he has an obligation to investigate fraud, <laughs> period. Fraud is against the law. Uh, voter fraud is against the law. Right. And he should be conducting an investigation. In fact, he's doing just the opposite. He's helping with the cover up. And, and, and so it's it, the bottom line for me on election fraud uh -huh. is it's always going to happen if you're using computers to tabulate votes. Very true. Very it, true. It, there's there's no way with computers that you can guarantee uh, the integrity of vote, voter tabulation. It's impossible. You can't. Any 15-year-old that knows computers can hack into that system. And and it's been hacked, and it was hacked all over the country uh, very easily. And not just this year. It's happened before. Absolutely. And, in fact, to quote, to quote one Barack Obama, um, uh, yeah, the, the Republicans and Democrats have both monkeyed around with elections. Uh, that was quite a racist statement by him. But, anyway, it was him telling the truth again uh, and and – putting his stamp of approval uh, or disapproval on voter fraud. But it nobody does anything about it because uh, if you demand integrity and, and, and investigations, then you're a white supremacist and a racist and uh, anti-government and a white ring, a, a right wing uh, kook, uh, fanatic, uh, you know, so on and on and on. They'll label you and they'll go after you. Uh, but but the other thing on that, can anybody tell me any anywhere what the purpose, what purpose of government is served in using a computer to tabulate votes? How are the people of America served by government spending all that time and money, lots of money on these computers? And I don't care what co computer company it is to use those computers how does that benefit the American people? What government purpose is served by using those computers? I haven't had anybody answer me yet. The only the only answer I've got so far is it helps the ta tabulation uh, be quicker. Well, that's right. for the media. That's for the media. That's not for me. Right. It's not for us. That's for sure. That's it. Quick and, question as I think about this with the sheriff's power. Mm -hmm. And as you let people know, the sheriffs have the power to save this country. You know, we're coming up here on any a, issue on any issue. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. As we're coming up on this deadline, uh, U.S. Code 42, 1973 and 1984, and then U.S. Code 52, 20-701 that says these ballots and everything along with the election must be kept in trust for 22 months. That was specifically done for the purpose of auditing. We're going to be coming up on this deadline pretty quick where they want to get rid of the paper ballots. And I personally know, being one of the very few people that's physically looked at millions of voted ballots, that there is a difference between the physical paper ballot when it hits the machine, when they make the copy in the machine, and when it goes into the election management software. With what we know now, could a sheriff that had some cojones demand that all ballots be preserved while he or she conducted a thorough investigation to keep these things from being destroyed? 
Yes, that's after, that's already happened uh, by Sheriff Smailing in Wisconsin and Sheriff Darleaf in Michigan. Uh, Sheriff Leaf in Michigan uh, was disallowed his um, request for a warrant to gain access to ballots. Right. The judge told the judge told him no, and so the people who were supposed to give him the ballots didn't do it because the judge said he didn't have to, and, and so uh, they didn't have to. Amazing. And then Sheriff Smailing conducted it with the uh, old folks home, the uh, nursing homes. Right. And found a huge voter fraud and wanted the rest of the nursing homes in the state investigated to discover how far and extensive the uh, voter fraud was in Wisconsin. Do you know what the attorney general of the state of Wisconsin told him? That's a real nice uh, publicity stunt, Sheriff. You should be complimented on your publicity stunt. And that's where he left it. And, and he so that, cannot just go in and seize it, raid in and get the ballots. Is it that a sheriff doesn't have that power or is it they're worried about the constitution requires him to get a warrant. And so the judge is the block at that point. Uh, I'm afraid. So I would still love to see him go ahead and try to go get it. Cause I mean, who's going to arrest the sheriff uh, and, you know, but you know, later if the judge says you didn't get a warrant, I'm throwing it out. So there's ways for the crooked judges to still take charge in that. And yeah, I mean, you think you're doing the right thing. You get a warrant. So you, you get the warrant and you get it, go get whatever you want. So interesting. So folks, we're going to go to a break. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to open the questions up to you, put them on the screen for the sheriff so he can answer the questions you have directly. Folks, please share this. Um, this is important information. Everybody needs to be following this. They need to know of Sheriff Mack and his fine organization. So when we come back in just a moment, I'm going to open it up to you and you're going to get to ask your questions. Hang tight. I'll be right back right after this. The last segment of the program is coming up next. And if you haven't shared, cut the crap with your friends in social media. Now is the time to do it. Just think how much more power we all would have in saving our great country if everyone knew the truth about what really goes on behind their backs and learned how to tell the system to cut the crap. We'll be right back after this. Get the hard-hitting truth. The left doesn't want you to hear the real truth Jovan Hutton Pulitzer has to tell you. You want common sense and facts, and that is what Jovan Hutton Pulitzer can provide. He is your warrior helping you fight the left. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer is unnerving the left daily as he tells you exactly what you need to hear. At jovanhuttonpulitzer.locals.com, you will receive the truth that the left does not want you to hear. Just go to jovanhuttonpulitzer.locals.com right now to hear the truth. The morning after the 3 November 2020 presidential election, Americans woke up to the stark reality that our great nation was under a new type of attack. This attack didn't come with mortars or bullets, but was an assault on our sacred election process. Since then, Americans everywhere have had to ask themselves if they really believe that our election was true and fair. We are in a time of large-scale government corruption, 
and many have lost faith in our institutions. That's why we formed the America Project for you and for the nation. The America Project was formed by a group of fellow patriots who are building the most pro-freedom and pro-American network ever known. The America Project will connect you with organizations, churches, small businesses, and individuals to help you win for America. The America Project is about actions and results. Join our team today. God bless you and God bless America. Can you feel it? You're getting more powerful by the minute. Just think of the impact your voice will have simply because you know how to tell the culture, race, and American political prostitutes. They all need to cut the crap. Let's get back to Jovan and his final words for this week's program. Okay, Sheriff Mack is joining me on the program. We're talking about how sheriffs can save the country. They can. Absolutely. And, uh, well, Sheriff, I want to ask you a few questions. Uh, uh, one Rome, other thing, one other thing, real quick. Sure. Uh, I want everyone to understand on the program today that every citizen can become a member of the CSPOA. It's the CSPOA Posse. We want you a part of the Posse. We train and do webinars every week. We want to make sure that you're part of the process in restoring our Constitution uh, to its proper place and to restore liberty. And we do this county by county. Wow. And and I'm telling you, we already have proof that this is working. We have lots of sheriffs that have stood up against uh, all sorts of mandates from the state, from mayors, governors, city councils, and also standing against the president and CDC on an, a far range uh, and variety of issues, not just uh, vaccinations uh, or forcing people to wear a diaper on their face, but there's a lot of them. And we've seen hundreds of sheriffs doing this in the past two years, standing against CDC mandates. And folks, now imagine every issue that your that your family's faced with, that where the federal government and state governments are destroying liberty, the sheriff can stop all of it. But we okay. need your help. Join CSPOA and become a posse member today. Absolutely, folks. There's the website on the screen. I got a question for you, Sheriff Mack, uh, that was asked um, on Rumble. Andrew Jackson, version three, says, if a judge won't sign a warrant for a sheriff, then shouldn't he serve notice to the judge instructing him to properly administrate the warrant? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I've done that before, and I know other sheriffs that, that have too. Uh, you don't want to do it in front of the in, entire public in courtroom, but make an appointment with the with the judge and go talk to him and say, you know what, uh, I'm going to have to uh, ask you, uh, what's the problem here? Uh, I have legitimate evidence uh, and and probable cause and reasonable suspicion uh, to do, conduct an investigation. Why are you blocking this? And then make it go public and say, you know what, Your Your Honor, I want to work with you, but you're going to have to meet me halfway and explain why you are blocking me from conducting an investigation. Absolutely. People are coming. If, 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 if there's nothing wrong and I've, I come up and I come to a dead end and no problem. Right. What did I hurt? 
why why would you care uh it, the only thing that is is wasting my time not yours That's and so true. I, I you know yeah so yeah it doesn't stop there and, and then you say well okay i guess i'll go over your head and go to the state supreme court or state court or whatever and get your warrant someplace else or to, you know maybe there would be a time where you just go say well your honor i'm gonna have to go get that evidence you know I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard of that happening, but you know, once judges are so corrupt, you got to go around them somehow. So here's the question: uh, Cheryl's asking once a, and she's on Facebook saying once a judge blocks a warrant, is there any recourse when that happens? Like I say, going around him or going to uh, going over his head. Uh, you know, most judges rubber stamp all warrant search warrant requests. They're just search warrants, you know, go search, go find out. Right. If he's, if he's stopping it, then go to another sheriff and have him do it in his County. You know? So Lynn is asking on Facebook, uh, our local sheriff is up for reelection this year. What one question should we ask him to make sure he's not a puppet? Well, ask him first uh, a phrase that uh, I have coined and that is ask him if he's a constitutional sheriff. And get asking there and then say, will you protect us from other government forcing us to prove vaccination records or have a vaccination passport or to be vaxxed or to wear a, a diaper on our face or to shut down our businesses? And will you defend us in uh, school board meetings when they try to kick us out simply for airing our grievances? That sheriff, need you need to read him the part in the First Amendment. That says petition the government for redress of grievances. Right. If they block that, uh, they're violating the Constitution and action should be taken. You can bring a new uh, or go for a new warrant at any time with different or additional information. I mean, you can keep on sure. bringing it if it's a compelling sure. issue. Crazy uh, yeah. woman driver, uh, you know her. You gave her several tickets and, and wanted to arrest her. But uh, she's asking, is there anything the hometown sheriff of the J6 prisoners can do to help them over their multiple constitution rights violated in D.C.? Yes, as a matter of fact, I've been working with some people about that, and we have found out uh, a something that I went like, I should have known that, because it's a violation how the FBI has arrested every one of them. They broke extradition laws. And look at that right now, Joe Man. Look, have every arrest that you wow. know that happened from people being inside the Capitol on January 6th, did one of them ever obey extradition laws and respect local jurisdiction and, and go to the uh, governor of that state to request extradition? They did not. Not one time. They're all in violation of the law. And wow. I believe that that would also prompt a, a writ of habeas corpus to be applied to every one of them. Wow, that you just might, chills down my spine. It's so obvious. You might want to look at that. Believe me, I've been working with some high people, and we've only been on this a few days because I, well, as soon as they told me that, as soon as I talked to those people, I go, why didn't I think of that? Of course. Yeah. You have to do federal extraditions. You don't just get to go in and grab people. And what the FBI has done on most of those proves what a bunch of thugs and Nazis they are. Absolutely. Uh, Craig is asking, say thank you for joining us, Sheriff. Uh, your thoughts on going after the sheriff's uh, surety bonds, you know, for bonds for the wind. 
of not doing it. What do you think about that? It it, it doesn't work. Okay. okay. Tell us Nobody, about it. Uh, okay. First of all, uh, that got replaced with a an insurance pool. Right. Uh, and nobody is going to help you with that. Uh, it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if it worked, but it doesn't right. work. Right. It doesn't work, you guys. I'm sorry. So it's not working. Go on to something else. Uh, and look, I wish people would focus their time and energy and talents with what we're doing at the CSPOA. What we're doing is working. The bond thing or common law grand juries, none of those are working. Focus on what does. And so uh, Daniel's asking, so uh, what about uh, do we need any state to get a judge and a sheriff of the same state to enforce or stop these? Is that is that how it works? To enforce or stop what? Well, I guess I'm, I'm assuming to stop uh, sealing elections, to turn over oh, the yeah, ballots, et cetera. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, of um, course. And every sheriff in the country can do an investigation on his own. That's 3,000 investigations. Half of them are, are, are per, perhaps Democrats and they're going to stay loyal to the party. So we right. could literally have 1,500, 1,600 sheriffs conducting these investigations. And very well, they should. And, not and, they're, that, not, and they're not because why? Um, they've bought into the brainwashing and they bought into the propaganda that everything was fine. And they don't want to take the heat that everybody else is taking. And they don't want to be accused of being a Trump lover or whatever else. The press is going to go after us. I mean, I've taken a lot of heat from the press and, you know, you just kind of do your job anyway. Uh, last year, 2021, the Washington Post did five hit pieces on me and the CSPOA and a pack of lies. And you know what? We still do our jobs and we're still doing our job and we're still fine. You know, you just you just need to man up and conduct an investigation. If you have any evidence of, of voter fraud in your county, take it to the sheriff and ask him to do an investigation. So Teresa is saying, can a sheriff demand routers and Splunk logs be turned over uh, with a warrant? Well, Maricopa County turned it over to the sheriff, so why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of course they could. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But what has happened to those during since January 6th? Uh, that's the truth. I mean, in Maricopa. I'm sorry, since November 3rd. Sorry. That's true. In, Mar in Maricopa, there were 1,675 boxes of ballots. In each box of ballot uh, ballots, there should be, on an average, of eight uh, batches of ballots, or about 200 apiece. These boxes and ballot batches are supposed to be security sealed right after the election. In Maricopa County, out of 1,675 boxes, only 52 boxes were sealed properly with the security seal with the batches inside. Now those 52 were handpicked by Katie Hobbs and the board of supervisors that said, if we get audited, we will only look at those. Now, sure enough, that's all that they looked at when they did their audit February 28th and of course didn't find anything. If you look at those boxes independently, they mirror exactly how the election was predetermined. But when you look at everything else, it's completely different. 1,623 boxes, not sealed, not handled correctly, not security sealed. The batches were in disarray that only 40% of the ballots 
could be ticked back to the batches in these boxes. They were all rifled through. There's more handfuls than there should be. They were desperately in the months fighting this, working to make sure they had the paper catch back up with what was going on. In parting here, Sheriff, uh, what would you share with everybody they need to do? I'm going to make sure you've got your website up on the screen, folks. You need to go to CSPOA.org. You've heard it's not just for you. There is nothing wrong with you being as educated as a sheriff on what yeah. you need to understand about the Constitution. I would encourage you to do it. And so, Sheriff Mack, your final words. Well, we're all in this together, and we invite all of you, we plead with all of you to help us with what we're doing. Uh, we really need uh, funding drastically. We get it from you. We don't do big corporations or George Soros or anything like that. We just get it from we the people, and we the people, we need you. Join the join this holy cause of liberty. Uh, join the CSPOA posse. Make an extra donation, and be get a relationship, a working relationship with your sheriff. One last question: It says Wisconsin. Somebody in Wisconsin just got here. Chris Miller. How can our Wisconsin sheriff get subpoenas? We have corrupt Democrats in elected positions blocking us. Is it just a pretty standard process? What would you recommend? It is. Yeah. Uh, and again, working with uh, good sheriffs and and local people and with your other freedom groups in your county, uh, unify and go after these guys and take a stand. Again, never violence but powerful, powerful non-compliance and civil disobedience. Absolutely. Sheriff Mack, thanks for joining the program. I really uh, appreciate you being with us this evening. Thank you so very much. Right. Folks, I want to remind you that, uh, you know, you've got to uh, support this type of work. The website's on the screen, cspoa.org. Uh, this all happened on our watch, folks. It's just that simple. And just like they're harming our children in schools, they are not teaching our law enforcement officials everything that they need to know. Not at all. It's an intentional dumbing down of not only our children, students, and young people, but of corporations, citizens about their rights, and of course, as you just heard, law enforcement as well. So I'm going to encourage you to go to CSPOA.org. Uh, folks, after my broadcast tonight, and remember, I record every single day, 7 a.m., 7 p.m., seven days a week, Central Standard Time. That's why I always give it in Central Standard Time, because it's 777, and that's your lucky number. My job is to make you the smartest patriot in the room. Now, when I follow the broadcast here, uh, I am going to jump over to my locals. I am going to give you the exact number, the exact number of how many specific ballots were changed by the machine. I'm going to give you the actual results of the election. You're going to want to jump over to locals to do that. Folks, thank you again for joining me. I am going to play uh, Warrior for each one of you. Have a great evening. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you, Marriott. Most people are afraid to stand up and speak out, but not you. 
you've been learning how to tell the system to cut the crap. What can I do to help save the America I love? And the answer is, learn how to fight back and tell the system to cut the crap. Cut the crap's not just a radio program, it's a movement. The right kind of movement, which breaks free the conservative constipation and reminds you that you are the majority. And we're just not going to take it anymore. Make sure you're following Joe Von Hunt and Pulitzer on all social media. See you next week. And between now and then, take a stand and tell them all to cut the crap. Hey there. Think of all those people who mocked you for being a conspiracy theorist. Are you ready to become the smartest patriot in the room? Well, now's your chance to join me on Local. It's exclusive. It's a free trial membership where you can use to determine if my work, my insight, my content, and what I do to educate you to fight this fight for our country is worth it. And this is a whopping $4.16 decision since that's what the membership is with an annual subscription. Now, you have to decide if $4.16 a month is worth becoming the smartest patriot in the room. So are you willing to spend $4.16 to gain the knowledge and insight it takes to make sure your country and our way of life survives? Is $4.16 even worth being able to prove to your family, friends, and coworkers that you're not some whacked conspiracy theorist? Is $4.16 worth spending on your education to fight this fight, but to also know you can do it where you can share the truth and talk about the truth, so help us God, and not get banned. If you are ready to become a fact-slinging, ass-kicking warrior of truth who fights for the survival of this country, then I invite you to take me up on this offer and determine if our country... Our future and my information is worth $4.16. Now, of course, you could use that money to buy one, well, say, iced coffee from your local Starbucks. Or you could even feed yourself a box of frozen pretzels. Or that same $4.16 could be used to buy a small frozen Sara Lee pound cake. Now, of course, you could use that same $4.16 to feed your brain and to pound some sense into the leftists who are leaving our country in a mess. The choice is yours. I hope you join me. Click on the link below to take advantage of this exclusive, limited-time offer, but you better hurry because it won't last long. you 
Our war. 